Hello, I'm Brian Foster, and today I'm going to talk about Spiritism. Today is March 20th, 2022, and we are embarking on the last Sundays we've been working on the Spiritist Review of 1858, and today we're going to start reading selected passages from the Spiritist Review of 1859, and these are a collection in, in book form, but they actually a collection by the United States uh, Spiritist Federation. They translated these magazines in English. They came out once a month, and these are all the articles in the magazines for the year of 1859 as edited and organized by Alan Kardec. And tonight, we're going to talk about a letter to a prince from Alan Kardec explaining and concerning Spiritism. Before I begin, I'd like to start with a prayer. Dear Jesus, please help us as collective humans. Move from a planet of atonement where we are now to a planet of regeneration, where we can put behind us these wars and conflicts and inequality between men and women of all races and cultures and nations and civilizations. Please help us move to a world where hate and envy is a bygone past and where we help our neighbors and we understand the spiritual maturity of each and to each gets what they need based upon what their level of spiritual maturity and needs are. Amen. So today I will talk about the letter to a prince from Alan Kardec concerning spiritism. Before I begin, if you would like to know more about spiritism, I suggest that you read my free PDF, Spiritism 101, The Third Revelation. You can download it on my blog site, nwspiritism.com. Let me put that up on the screen so you can see that. nwspiritism.com. You can download PDF in English or in French. Of course, I also have it in Kindle, paperback, and in Audible format. And in Kindle format, it's 99 cents. That will give you a good overview of spiritism. Now, Alan Kardec, what I'm going over is what Alan Kardec uh, wrote and edited in, the eight, in 1859 of his magazines. If you want to see what Alan Kardec first came out, he codified the Spirit's book, which was, he wrote a series of 1,019 questions, gave it to different mediums throughout different geographical uh, areas in Europe, and did not codify or collate the answers unless they were the same or similar, the same questions, but from different mediums and collate the answers. The Spirit's book is fascinating. And that's why, but I recommend you read my free PDF first. It gives you a quick overview. And then you can read, I think you all learn different, different, you know, in different ways, but I think it gives you a better idea of what you're reading in the Spirit's book. So let's begin with uh, what was Alan Kardec's letter to a prince. Let me bring that up here. Okay. Letter to a prince in January. And this is from the January 1859 edition. Your Majesty, you've given me the honor of inquiring about several questions regarding spiritism. I will try to respond to them with the state-of-the-art knowledge on the subject, summarizing in a few words what we have learned through study and observation. The referred issues are based on the principles of the science. In order to give more clarity to the solution, it is necessary to have those principles in mind. Now, what he means by the science? You can say, well, spirits, that's not science. Well, Alan Kardec wrote a series of 1,019 questions. He did not just channel one spirit. He did not just use one medium. He was not a medium himself. He used separate mediums who did not know about each other, gave them the same question, as I said before. So that is a scientific method of gathering data. Now, of course, the background of this is that spiritism was prom promised to us by Jesus Christ in the New Testament. And this is where you would see that. This would be in uh, John chapter 14, verses 15 to 17. If you love me, keep my commands. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another consoler, 
to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And this is what Spiritism says is the third revelation. This is Jesus Christ sending the spirit of truth to then manage the spirits that will talk to different mediums and will respond to the questions given to them by Alan Kardec in his list of the questions. Alan Kardec is called the codifier. He will write all these things down and then he will publish and, and send to the world what he found out. Now, Alan Kardec wrote a series of books. In fact, I talk about spiritism in my Monday night live stream, which is questions and answers about spiritism. But kind of the three main books is the spirits book. And then if you're interested in being a medium, you need to read the mediums book. It tells about different levels of spirits, different, different uh, talents that different mediums have and the gospel according to spiritism, which interprets the Bible and in light of spiritism, which I do videos on and I go through the Bible and I try and shed light on that. Also, so, so this, in that knowledge, think of spiritism being relatively new in 1859. And therefore, Alan Kardec is trying to give a succinct answer to a prince because after all, we all know, just like uh, anyone who is in a position of authority, they don't want a whole book to read. They want the synopsis. And that's why I thought this would be a great way to introduce the 1859 edition, because this should be a good synopsis, 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 I <laughs> can't pronounce, of spiritism. Okay. In order to give more clarity to the solutions, necessarily have those principles in mind. Thus, allow me to consider the subject from a little more elevated standpoint, establishing certain fundamental preliminary propositions that will serve, as a matter of fact, as answers to some of these questions. Outside the visible and corporeal world, there are invisible beings that constitute the world of the spirits. The spirits are not disconnected beings, but the souls of those who lived on earth are in other worlds and have detached from their material envelope. The spirit shows all levels of intellectual as well as moral development. Now, this is, keep this in mind. This is, this is one of the... So many people, first of all, do not believe in spirit or ghosts, or anything. So he's telling you, yeah, there are spirits. And the spirits who are there are at the same level of when they died. So, so some people don't believe in anything. So he's trying to tell me, yes, there are. And then there's some people who believe that when you die, if you're a good person, you sprout wings, play on a harp, and you are wise and wonderful. You become kind of a semi-angel. He's telling you none of these that neither one of these is true. Now, this is the word, this is the, the hardest concept because once you understand that there are spirits all around us and there's plenty of mediums who would tell you, yeah, there are. And, and I hate to break this to many people, but not all of them are mentally unbalanced. <laughs> you know, I'm sure some of them are who say that, but no, they're not. Chico Xavier, Devaldo Franco, uh, some of the great uh, people on earth, Edgar Casey talked to spirits, all sorts of people. So outside the corporeal world, there are invisible beings that constitute the world of the spirits. Okay, I said that the spirits are not disconnected, but the souls of those who lived on earth are in other worlds and have detached from their material envelope. The spirit shows all levels of intellectual and moral development. You'll see all kinds. Hence, there are good and bad liars and frivolous scoundrels and hypocritical spirits that try to deceive people, just like on earth, encouraging them to wrongdoings, as there are spirits who are well superior in everything and don't do anything else but the good deeds. Such a distinction constitutes a capital point. The spirits surround us incessantly. Again, a very important point. We swim in a sea of spirits. We do not see them. Why do we not see them, feel them? Some people do. I will already say that, but the most majority of us do not because they exist in a different dimension. In this dimension, they are lighter and less matter than we are. They are more ethereal. Therefore, a spirit 
once once we die and we become ourselves right we get rid of this physical body and we become a spirit with a paraspirit which is a an eth uh, ethereal covering of our spirit which is our spirit is our encapsulation of our personality and character and our memories but our paraspirit is what we believe we look like and in the and what happens is your outer becomes reflective of your inner personality and character unlike on earth where you can be beautiful or handsome yet you are a horrible person inside it doesn't happen on the spirit world in fact as you go in the lower zone in the dark abyss you see some pretty strange people because they're they their outside is reflective of what they are now they guide our thoughts and actions irrespectively, thus influencing over the events and the destinies of humanity. Again, he's putting out like the basic concepts of spiritism, which, which our culture just says, no, but you have to look at us as we are each individually, this radio tower of thoughts going out, as well as thoughts can come, and we don't consciously understand them, or act upon them, but subconsciously they affect us. That's why you have, um, you know, crowd, all of a sudden crowds get anxious and, and it, one person goes on another. Or you have, there was this great study done during um, the uh, September, uh, uh, September 11th when all over the world people saw these buildings come down. And there's this group that had had random number generators put out throughout the world. And then at the time when that knowledge started to be percolating throughout the world, the random number generators started to kind of go in, in concert with each other, which should not happen. So we are controlled by thought more than people think. And also, you can say, well, why does God allow these good and bad and indifferent spirits all around us? Because this is training. Because in the spirit world, thought is action. And as a higher spirit you have, the more power you have to create by your thought. So you are on this campus called Earth to learn to be influenced by dumb ideas and then filter those through your conscience. It's like being in junior high or middle school. They sometimes reveal their presence through material effects. Those effects have nothing to do with the supernatural. They only seem supernatural to us because they are founded on bases that are outside of our known laws of matter. Once those bases are known, the effects become part of the category of the natural phenomena. That is how the spirits can act upon in the inert bodies and move them without the support of our external agents. Denying the existence of unknown agents just because we don't understand them is the same as restraining God's power and believing that nature has already given us the last word. Every effect has a cause. And nobody denies that. It is then illogical to deny the cause just because it is unknown. Since every effect has a cause, then every intelligent effect must have an intelligent cause. When we observe the parts of the telegraph producing signs which correspond to human thought, we don't conclude that the components are intelligence, but that they are moved by intelligence. The same happens with the spiritist phenomena. If the intelligence which produces them is not ours, then it is evidently from a foreign intelligence. So this is exactly the logic that many of us have gone through to want to explore the spirit world. For some, it's a near-death experience. For some, it is an aunt or uncle telling them that something's going to happen in the future, and it happens. For me, it was the near-death experience of my wife and me not believing her when she said some things. But then she told me something and it didn't happen until a year was up for more i think a little bit less or more than a year was up and it happened exactly as she said it did now when she told me my future i did not believe her but since it came true with such specificity then that means that she was told that by some intelligence she didn't just get lucky because this was no way you're gonna get lucky knowing what she knew there was some higher intelligence creating a, a destiny for each one of us. This is how I found it. This is how I discovered spiritism. But, so, but hopefully anyone who's here listening to that has their own 
set of circumstances which leads them to where they are today. Okay. In the phenomenon of natural sciences, human beings act upon the inert matter, handling it at will. In the spirit's phenomena, we act upon intelligence that have free will and are not submitted to our wishes. Thus, there is in principle a radical difference between the common phenomena and the spiritist phenomena. That is why ordinary science is incompetent to judge the latter. That's because there are different levels of spirits. You have to know what you're doing when you are investigating uh, spirit phenomena. And there are people on the earth right now who are investigating their death experiences and spirits in general. And they've come up with some very interesting information. Of course, everyone tears down that information because they find holes that aren't there. But that's okay. That's what science is about. Science is about rehearsing and and proving and other people debating about what you found and trying to reproduce what you found. That is important. And in fact, Spiritism says that in the future, someday science will prove the existence of the spirit world. I'll carry on. The incarnate spirit has two envelopes, one that is material, the body, and another semi-material and indestructible, the paraspirit. In fact, let me bring up what the paraspirit looks like, because I think that's an important thing for people to visualize. So your spirit, which is an encapsulated <clears throat> intelligence, that's you. That is what you are. You're this encapsulation, meaning that you are in this, this logical box of your entire character, your personality, your likes, your dislikes, the quirks of, of you. And that, that spark of light, let's say, or spark of logic has grown throughout eons and eons of inhabiting very undeveloped, primitive organisms, bacteria, algae, smaller animals, all the way up to humans. And then your paraspirit becomes more and more complex as it learns to control in this great simulator called Earth or other planets, more and more complex organisms. And your paraspirit, where we are now, free-willed spirits, is attached to every cell in your physical body. Now, your physical body is this heavy diving suit. It would spirits say, oh, I'm glad to get rid of that physical body. First of all, your physical body takes away about one-eighth of the world around you. You cannot see as bet as good. You cannot smell as good. You cannot hear as good. Everything is, is like you're a horse with blinders. And that's because all really what the physical body is here to put you in this ride, like you're going to go to Disneyland or Disney World or any amusement park and you get into this ride and you're strapped into this ride for, you know, it's usually the time is not that long, you know, minute, five minutes. And then at the end of the ride, you get out. Well, that's that's your that's your paraspirit and spirit. At the end of the ride, you're out of your body. Your body's nothing. Where you're born is nothing. The color of your skin is nothing. The culture you're, you're born into, the things you like and dislike on earth, all those will be gone. They're all unimportant. You're going to get out of that ride and you're back in your paraspirit, who is the form of your body. Your paraspirit does other things too. I'll go into those in different talks. And your spirit is there. Your spirit is indestructible. It is immortal. You will be alive forever. You'll never be sick. Or you'll never age. So that's important to know. Okay, let me get back to what I was reading. Okay. Okay. When the discarnate, the spirit leaves the former, the body, and retains the latter, the paraspirit, forms a kind of second body that essentially has different properties. And in fact... Paul talks about that into his, in his letter of, uh, to Galatians, saying we have to put on another set of clothes. Very interesting. When you look at spiritism, you find things that Paul and other, other apostles said. It's like, oh, that's what this means. And Paul said, put on a second, a second coat or a second set of clothes. Okay, it says that different properties. It is invisible to us in its normal state, but it can be visible and even tangible. Such is the cause of the phenomenon of apparitions. 
Hence, spirits are not abstracts, undefined beings, but real and limited were their own existences. Beings that think and act as a consequence of their free will. They are everywhere around us. They populate space and move with the speed of thought. Again, talk about spirits in other planets. There's different dimensions. There's planets in other dimensions. And you go, okay, how can I go to another planet? It'd take me like 500 light years to get there. No, the speed of light is not a speed limit in the spirit world. In the spirit world, spirits tell us there is presence or absence. You're either there or you're not there. And that means this is, and this reveals a lot about the complexity and the organization of the spirit world. If you're in this huge database and you have the permission to set parameters of your environment around you, like you're in a video game, you can set the parameters that you are around you, that you are on Saturn, so, so to say, or you are in your neighbor's car, or you're at the Grand Canyon. You don't have to travel to the Grand Canyon. You set the parameters that the environment is this. Or you can actually move through things if you want to. It's called volatation but you move by the speed of thought. In, in other words, you think and you manipulate data around you. And the higher you go, the more you can manipulate, you can create data. It's like there are these logical constructs that go through a database, the universal database, creating, creating objects as they will according to the level of their permissions or parameters that they are allowed to. And that level is really what we call the level of spiritual maturity. Angels are very high. They can do a lot. People who just die in the low levels of heaven. Maybe they don't even know how to move by the speed of thought. They are taught that. The Reverend G. Val Owen's mother talked to the Reverend G. Val Owen when she was dead in, the, in the, one of the first levels of the spirit world about she and a group of people learning how to create like a statue. And they said it was it was funny because they tried to create a statue and it wasn't right and it was they all kind of laughed at their failure but they were learning that's what you will do when you are in the spirit world spirit world is real uh let me get this question because that's a good uh show i wonder if one can still see the rings with uh of saturn in their dimension i think it depends on the dimension you are i think you can as a spirit, you can will yourself to the physical dimension and then you can see the solar system and so forth. In fact, when Chico Xavier, he was saying, I oh, you know, wonder what this looks like. And he was, uh, and then he was taken by Emmanuel, who had permission. He took Chico up out of the solar system, out all the way out of the galaxy. And then he could see multiple galaxies. And finally, Chico said, I've seen enough. I want to go back. <laughs> So yes, you can. Now, it depends on your level of permission and your uh, knowledge of the spirit world. So yes, you will be able to, but it depends on uh, the, your level, just to be uh, constant about that. So hence, spirits are not abstracts, undefined beings, but real and limited with their own existences. Beings that think and act as a consequence of their free will. They are everywhere around us. They populate space and move with the speed of thought. Human beings can establish a relationship with the spirits and receive direct communications in writing by the spoken word or other means. Since they are around us or can attend our call, it is possible to establish frequent communications with them through certain means, as a blind person can do with other persons that she cannot see. Certain persons are more endowed than others of a special aptitude to transmit communications from the spirits. Now, spiritism says this is through the pineal gland in, in, your, in your brain. Uh, people with a more developed pineal gland, if I'm pronouncing that right, has the ability then to talk to the other side. And in fact, this one medium, whenever I see him, and then when he says goodbye, he always kisses me on the forehead and goes, oh, I'm trying to help your pineal gland grow. And I, I say to myself, I, I think I'm <laughs> I think I'm a lost case. I'm too dense for that. But that's what he always does. He always kisses me on the forehead. Really a wonderful guy. Okay. And of course, there's mediums of very advanced, right? There's mediums that can see ghosts, uh, see spirits, I should say. Um, 
and it means I can talk to them. In fact, Chico Xavier uh, and like Devaldo Franco, you notice that the really advanced mediums, they never drive. And they don't drive is because they, they'll, they'll see people walking across the street and they won't be real. They'll be spirits. But how can you drive like that when there's people all going around you and through you? In fact, Chico one time was talking. A guy came up to him. He says, oh, hi, Chico. He goes, oh, hi, I'm so glad you're here. And you brought your mother. He goes, I didn't bring my mother. My mother died long ago. He goes, oh, sorry. <laughs> His mother was right next to the guy. So this is how it is. So there's a lot of that around you. So these things, and if you know someone who's a medium, and they, they sometimes they say things like, okay, I can't explain that. It's not just, it's not just like random information. Then you should start thinking about the spirit world and spiritism. The spiritist phenomena are of two orders, the physical and material communications and the intelligent communications. Inferior spirits produces the physical effects. The elevated spirits don't get involved with such things in the same way that our wise individuals are not occupied with hard labor. Their role is to educate through reason. And again, this is what spiritism tells us. Mediums will communicate with spirits that are that are similar to their own level. This is why mediums who charge for their their services and who may be very talented, but they will not attract higher spirits that are trying to open up pathways for you to become a more mature uh, spirit, a more loving and devoted person. The inferior spirits will tell you where you lost your keys. It'll tell you, oh, someone's cheating on you. All sorts of stuff that really is not important as part of your eternal struggle to become a pure spirit. I'll carry on. The communication may come from inferior as much as superior spirits, like human beings. The spirits can be recognized by their language. The language of superior spirits is always serious, dignified, noble, and plentiful of benevolence. Every trivial or inconvenient expression, every thought that shocks reason and common sense, which denotes pride, acrimony, and malevolence necessary, comes from an inferior spirit. Now, this is where I see spiritism is much different than spirit spiritualism. And with mediums who are spiritualists, they get excited, uh, totally understandable, when they talk to spirits. But what they don't do is they take the time to establish the level of that spirit. Many mediums will give us a lot of good information and they channel one spirit and they'll write whole books and all that stuff about what they get from that spirit. But they do not know the true level of that spirit. They take as gospel what that spirit tells them, even though that spirit may be a very nice person and may think that they know what they're talking about, actually do not. A case in point of that is the book, uh, what is that book, Ukraina? I think it's Ukraine or and it's a book, a very interesting book. And there's some great concepts in there, but it's not true. And that's either given by a spirit that thinks he or she knows what they're talking about and has created this. Just like you'll meet people in real life that they'll tell you something, they go, and you think, oh, that's really good. Then you research a little bit, they go, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. That's what the difference with spiritism. Sometimes they're fooled by spirits. I'm not telling you they're not. But over time, and they, they look at this and they understand the communications, then they, they figure it out very fast. The elevated, uh, carry on. The elevated spirits only teach good things. Their moral is that of the gospel. They only preach union and charity and are never mistaken. The inferior spirits tell absurd lies and sometimes even make rude remarks. I've seen that in action. The good quality of a medium, I, not that I'm a medium, but I've been in medium meetings. The good quality of a medium is shown not only by the easiness of the communications, but above all by the nature of the received communications. A good medium is one who sympathizes with the good spirits and only receives good communications. All of us have a familiar spirit that is devoted to us from birth, what we call a guardian angel, who guides and advises and protects us. That is always a good spirit. Besides the familiar spirit, there are others attracted to us 
thanks to their sympathy towards our qualities and defects or as consequence of path earthly affections. You read about this all the time. Let me carry this last sentence. Hence, in all gatherings, there's always a number of spirits, more or less good, according to the nature of the environments. Now, these spirits are our friends that, yes, oh, Megan Max says, Ukraine, there you go. Thank you for that. That's the book, Ukraine. You mean, I mean the Urantia book. Very good. Yes, Urantia book. I was thinking, <laughs> yes, the Urantia, Urantia book. Thank you for that. Uh, I knew there's, there's always someone that helps correct me when I'm wrong here. So, again, the spirits that help you who are not your guardian angel, but they are past comrades and family, grandmothers, grandfathers, parents who have passed on. They are interested in what you are doing, and they are interested in your well-being. Just as when you go back to the spirit world and they incarnate, you will be interested in their well-being. Can spirits reveal the future? And this is his letter to the prince. The spirits can only know the future in proportion to their elevation. The inferior spirits do not know their own future, let alone other people's future. The superior spirits do not know the future, but they are not always allowed to reveal it. In principle, and by a wise design of the providence, the future must be hidden from us. If we had the ability of knowing it, our free will would be compromised. So how can you know the future? Well, my wife knew the future a year ahead of when she told me. And when she had her NDE, she had her NDE like 15 years before we even met. Now, we have free will, but our free will on the planet of regeneration is limited. We have our free will in our attitude, in our ability to learn, even some decisions. But the trials and tribulations we're going to go through, we have to go through those. As you go up more and more advanced planet, your freedom is expanded of what, you, of what you want your trials and tribulations or your areas of study will be. So, and the other thing is, let's go to, and that's the macro level. Let's go to a micro level, just for uh, an instance. Time does not exist in the spirit world. When you go to the spirit world and you, you build a house through your mind, and you leave it to incarnate here for 80 years, let's say, and you go back to your house, the flowers you planted, the paint you painted the house, but not you actually physical paint, you mentally established the paint, right? The bedspread you did, the couch you made, let's say, it's not dusty, it's not dirty, nothing's decayed, nothing's rotted. The, the plants are exactly, the, the, the fruit trees have fruit that haven't changed. The grass is perfectly manicured because that's how you created it. That is what it is, because you created it that way. And in fact, if you came down to earth and you looked at, let's say, a table or a piano, you could see that piano and you could see the wood, the wires, the craftsman building the piano. You could see the piano and you could see the future of the piano, let's say, when it finally did decay in the physical realm. So it's entirely different. If someone said that they could do that, you would say, before you uh, understood spiritism or your story, before you became, you know, understanding of the spirit world, you say, no, that's, that's garbage. But it starts making more sense when you think about all these unexplainable phenomena and you start putting the things together. But I think for the really wise of us, and that's I'm not including myself, because I had to have something like practically hit me on the head for me, because I was I was I believe in God, but not you know like a faraway God. That I had to be like hit over the head with a two by four. But holy for people that smarter than I am and that feel the spirits and feel the spirit world and loves God, loves Jesus, or loves Buddha, whatever religion you are are not a religion, but just feel the the continuity and intersection of, of humans in general, God bless you, and you'll start feeling it. And this gift starts, give, it starts letting you know that why we're on earth and that we have a plan to improve ourselves. 
Okay. Nevertheless, there are cages, cases in which knowledge of the future may be useful. We can never, however, be judges of such cases. Then my wife was given knowledge of the future so she could tell me at that point in time. That was useful, at least to myself. The spirits revealed it to us whenever they may find it convenient and have granted have been granted God's permission. Then it is spontaneously done and never triggered by our request. Yeah, they're not going to tell you the future. If I was told in the future that when I was like 20, oh, you're going to be rich in five years from now, I'd just sit there and waste my time. <clears throat> we know that's true. We must wait for the opportunity with confidence and above all, do not insist whatever is denied since we might otherwise risk to be dealing with frivolous spirits who make fun of us. Next, he states, can the spirits guide us in giving direct advice regarding things of our lives? Yes. And he says, yes, they can and gladly do so. And we are given advice all the time. It is, in fact, I wrote a book as The Seven Tenets of Spiritism, How They Impact Our Daily Lives. And it's really kind of my personal journey to find spiritism and also what signs and signals they give through dreams through thoughts that come into your head through your uncle bob calling you and saying there's a there's a job opportunity that i know about and of course that was all organized by spirits who are trying to help you out right all those things are how the spirits guide our daily life we frequently do things whose merit we attribute to ourselves when in fact they are nothing more than inspirations transmitted to us. Now, as we are surrounded by spirits that influence us, in some in one direction, some in another, we always have our own free will to guide us with respect to the choices we make, being a real joy when we give preference to our good genie. And they enjoy, they, they are happy for us when we do well, and they are sad for us when we don't do so well. And, the, and one of the spirits said, yes, spirits can cry when they see someone. It's like you're crying over a child, like, oh, I can't believe he did that, right? And, you know, children bounce back. God bless their little hearts. I'll carry on. Besides the transcendental advices, we can obtain other direct advices through the mediums. However, the fundamental principle that we have just mentioned must be pointed out here. The first thing to consider is the quality of the medium when the medium is a third party, a medium that only receives good communication and due to his personal qualities only sync with the good spirits is a precious server from whom one can expect, expect great things as long as seconded by the purity of one's own instructions, conveniently connecting us to them. I will say more. It is an instrument of providence of, of God's plan. The second, not less in Important point. Now, before I end with that, I would say that I myself and my wife have been in spiritist mediums where we have been given messages by spirits telling us things here on earth. And they're not, and one of the things you can know about when a spirit communicates to you, they're not going to say, oh, you're so wonderful. They're not going to butter you up. They're going to be like that teacher who who challenged you and said, come on, you know, you're, come on, Brian, you can do better than that. I know you're a lazy kid, but come on, you need to start bucking up. That's kind of the messages we get. They're going to be directive. They're going to be loving, but they're not, they're going to be tough love a lot of times, but they're not going to be just, you know, streaming messages of, of trying to butter you up, as I said before, or trying to flatter you. Those are inferior spirits trying to get you to do something. They may not have revealed what their plan is, but they're trying to do something, especially when they, they use uh, famous names. So just be careful of that. We should not believe that the first spirit that shows up can guide us adequately. Very good advice. It would be a grave mistake to see spiritual communications as a means of prediction and the medium as a reader of good luck. Exactly. It is necessary to consider that we have friends in the spirit world who are seriously interested in us, more sincere and devoted than those considered so here on earth, who don't have any interest in flattering or deceiving us. These are, besides our guardian spirits, relatives or persons who are dear to us or even spirits who wish us well, just out of sympathy. These spirits eagerly come when evoked. Are even without being called, we often have them inadvertently by our side. 
These are the ones whom we should directly ask for advice through the mediums who give it to us even spontaneously. They do that particularly in the closeness and silence and when they are not perturbed by any alien influence. This is why meditation and prayer works. You may not, when you meditate, you may not like all of a sudden get some big vision, but you, you may get this feeling and you may open yourself up to an other times of where you're getting a better communication with your guardian angel or some other close spirit or if you listen to your inner voice you can make right decisions um a friend of mine was telling me at the time he was driving on this kind of this country road uh and he was driving pretty fast in his truck and then he heard his father say now it may not have been his father maybe someone spirit using his father's voice it probably was his father saying Slow down. And he's like, of course, being his father's voice, he like slow down. And then a deer darted right in front of him. And if he had been going his same speed, he would have hit the deer. And you know how that can like just ruin your car. And not to mention the poor deer. These things happen. And these things happen the more people then tell other people about them. Okay. I'll go uh, on. They are, as a matter of fact, very prudent, and we should not be afraid of any indiscretion on their side. They silence when there are too many ears around. They do so. They do more so when in frequent communication with us, since they only say proper and timely things. We should expect their goodwill and never imagine that they would hastily satisfy our demands. By doing so, they demonstrate that they are not under our control. So the good spirits aren't there to make you money. They're not th there to make your life easier. They are there to help you make correct decisions. And they're not going to stop you from going through hard trials. They might help you lead you out of getting a hard trial through a correct path. But they're certainly not going to make your life luxury. And if some spirit is telling you that, oh, you can be rich and famous if you do that, and, and through your conscience, you say, well, if I do that, I'm hurting other people, and you feel bad. That's not a good spirit. Don't, don't do it. Don't hurt other people. Filter everything you're told through by your conscience. The nature of the answers depends a lot on the way the questions are framed. It is necessary to learn how to talk to spirits, as we learn to talk to human beings. Experience is necessary with everything. On another hand, the habit leads the spirits to get acquainted with us and with the medium. The fluids combine and the communications become easier. The conversations then become really familiar between them and us. Something they don't say today, they will say tomorrow. They get used to our way of living as we get to theirs, and we become more reciprocally comfortable. Regarding the interference of bad deceiving spirits, which constitutes the big obstacle, experience teaches us to combat them, and we can always avoid them. If we don't provide shelter to those spirits, they don't come since they know it will be a waste of time. And so... That, again, is just like the bully on the playground. If you ignore the bully and you re repel the bully, it won't bother you. There's no reason to. And the way you repel inferior spirits is you become a superior moral person. And you do not, you do not uh, agree to their stupid ideas of hurting someone or drinking something or taking some drug or stealing something or doing something in the short term in order to meet a desire you had. Okay, carry on. Why promote the understanding of spiritist ideas? So again, as Alan Kardec is writing, since spiritism is the tangible and evident proof of the existence, individuality, and immortality of the soul, it is the destruction of materialism the denial of every religion and the ulcer of every society. Again, we see that. This is in 1859 he wrote this. And this is just uh, uh, an order of magnitude even more in our society today of materialism and, and, uh, and just and the era of relative morality where there's no such thing as divine laws, no such thing as divine rights. Everything is allowable, which we all know is garbage. So, I mean, this is even more magnified today. The number of materialists that spiritism has led to healthier ideas is considerable, and it does increase every day. That alone represents a social benefit. 
Spiritism not only proves the existence and immortality of the soul, but also shows their happy or unfortunate state, according to the merits of this current life. The future penalties and rewards are no longer a theory, but become a patent fact before our eyes. Now, considering that there is no possible religion without the belief in God and the immortality of the soul and the future penalties and rewards, Spiritism revives in people's those beliefs whenever those beliefs have faded away. It results that Spiritism is the most powerful support to the religious ideas. It provides religions to those who don't have it, reinforces it in those who hesitate, consoles by the certainty of the future, leads people to withstand the tribulations of life with patience and resignation, deviating minds from suicide, an idea that we naturally repel by observing its consequences. That is why those who have penetrated into the mysteries of Spiritism feel happy. To those, Spiritism delight which dissipates the shadows and anguishes of uncertainty. And I can attest to that. And I can attest to other people. When you believe in Spiritism and you look at your own life, you look at your own life from on top of a 10,000-foot mountain. You look at it from a higher point of view, and these little obstacles in the road aren't as, as you know, you don't feel them as much because you know what you're going through is a, an experience that you need, maybe because you did something wrong in a past life, or you need the more breadth of experience for you to become a advanced spirit someday. When you understand that you are on this trial on earth to learn, it's a completely edifying. You're not being punished, but you're learning which may feel like punishment many times, but you're not. If we can then consider the moral teaching of the superior spirits, we will see that it is totally the moral of the Gospels, for it's enough to say that it preaches the Christian charity in all its sublimity. It does more because it shows its necessity as much to the present as to the future life. Since the consequence of our good will as well as bad deeds are there before our eyes. Spiritism neutralizes the effect of the doctrine subversive to the social order, thus redirecting people towards feelings of reciprocal duties. Couldn't such beliefs represent a danger to reason? And here is his answer to that. Haven't all scientists supplied their masses to the asylums of the alienated? Should they all be condemned for that? Aren't the religious beliefs also greatly represented among them? Would it be fair to prescribe religion for that? Do we know the number of lunatics produced by the fear of the devil? All great intellectual concerns lead to exaltation and may produce harmful reactions in a feeble mind. We would be right by assessing spiritism of having a special danger if it were only or even the major cause of madness. A huge noise is produced by two or three cases that under other circumstances would go unnoticed. Furthermore, the prior predisposing causes are not taken into account. I could mention other cases in which the spiritist ideas halted the development of madness. In short, and with that in mind, spiritism does not offer more danger than that of other thousands and one causes. I will say more. Spiritism offers them in a much smaller number since it has the correcting element in itself and by the guidance it provides, by the calmness it brings to the spirits of those who understand it, it can neutralize the effect of strange causes. One of those causes is despair. Spiritism, by leading us to face the most unpleasant things with cold blood and resignation, gives us the strength to withstand them with courage and acquiescence, thus attenuating the dismal effects of despair. Aren't the spiritist ideas a consecration of the superstitious ideas of the antiquity and the Middle Ages? And aren't these ideas going to endorse those? Now, this is really gets the fact within our culture, as it was true in the 1850s, is how can you believe in spirits and the, and, uh, and the afterlife? No, who believes that? So, and it's a very good question. And it's hard to be that different from the predominant culture of our times. Let me see what he says. Don't people without religion call superstition in the great majority of religious beliefs? An idea is only superstitious if it is false. It is no longer when it becomes true. It is demonstrated that behind all superstitions, there is an amplified truth, our truth modified by imagination. Well, removing from those ideas their fantastic content, leaving them with reality only, it destroys superstition. Such is the effect of the spiritist science by unveiling what is true and false in popular beliefs.
For a long time, the apparitions were considered as a superstitious beliefs. Now that they are a demonstrated fact, and even more perfectly explained, they move into the domain of the natural phenomena. There is no point in condemning them because we will no longer preclude them from happening. Happening. And again, this is like you'll see the internet, there's many bad things, but many good things. The internet has gotten together everyone who's had near-death experiences. And you find out by reading through so many near-death experiences, there are central themes that person after person after person, whatever language or culture or religion they come from, unifies them. The idea of life reviews, of reincarnation, of a purpose on earth are all there. More, you read so many, oh, we're on, a, we're, we're on earth just to learn, to grow. You hear that over and over, over again on near-death experiences. Not always, but a lot. For a long time, the apparitions were considered. Oh, I'm sorry. There's no point in condemning them because we will not preclude them from happening. However, those who understand them are no longer afraid, but also become satisfied. And it is so much true that those who do not share these ideas wish to do so. By just leaving the field open to imagination, the unknown phenomena constitute a source of many accessory and absurd ideas which degenerate into superstition. Once the reality is shown and the causes are explained, the imagination stops at the border of the possible. The marvelous, the absurd, and impossible disappear, and with them superstition. Such are the capitalistic practices, the virtue of the signs and magic words, the sacramental formulas, the amulets, the disastrous days, the diabolic hours, and many other things whose ridicule, ridicule spiritualism understands and demonstrates well. Those are, Prince, the answers which seem appropriate to me to the questions that your majesty has honored me with. I will feel happy if they corroborate the ones that your majesty already has about this issue and persuade your majesty to the deeper study of the subject of so elevated interest. It makes me even happier still if my further help can be of any utility. With my deepest respect, I am the much humble and obedient service server of your majesty, Alan Kardec. So that is where we will leave it today. So to understand and get more knowledge about spiritualism, because Alan Kardec, I mean, what a wonderful person who codified the spirits book. I suggest what I've done is on my 15th book, I've written other books. You can go to my site, uh, nwspiritism.com, and you'll find a list of all my books. And then also I have every day I have another article coming out. I have areas talking about reincarnation, destiny, spiritism. And it gives you an introduction to spiritism. What I've done, though, is to kind of go through of the different messages, communications, messages I've seen in mediums meetings, books and literature by spiritist mediums. I've tried to accumulate that into one book that really talks about the spirit realm, what it is, what a spirit is, what you are, how you can grow, who Jesus Christ is, the leader, the governor of our planet. It's been here since the formation of our planet, what the future of you and the planet is, and how you can act on the planet Earth while you're in a physical form to help you elevate yourself. So I hope this has been helpful to you. Thank you for being with me on this Sunday and God bless to everyone. God bless.